once again, it's the first Friday's podcast brought to you by thegodcollection.com. Shout out to SoundCloud. I'm your girl, your host, Allie Dunn, the goddess MC. And today, at it again with a special guest, is a Christian rapper and hip hop artist. It's Illison CEO. Thank you for joining the podcast today. Yo, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Congratulations to everything you got going on. It's a really good and positive thing that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I created this platform for Christian artists and aspiring artists because we need a platform. We need all the platforms. So it's so important. And I wanted to talk to you, especially because I've known you for a really long time. And it was a pleasant surprise to visit your SoundCloud page and see that not only did you have some new music doing christian rap but you've also changed your name so i'm like oh man it's like god didn't change his name like israel and he doing new music you know and so i had to i had to get you on so i appreciate you so first and foremost just tell the audience about how you got your start in music like when did you first fall in love with hip-hop oh man um so i just put out a, a song about that and i think it's really around like 95 or so so the it was like the golden era hip-hop at that time you had like tupac nas wu-tang snoop you know just just that golden era i was fortunate enough to be able to be raised in that you know and so just a very inspiring time when you had hip-hop just really taking taking off and um you know elevating to a place you know from where it started in, in the bronx in new york and then you know going worldwide and global that time so it was influencing everybody but you know my love of hip-hop came during that real golden era of just real beats and rhymes and lyricism and um, you know ever since i i heard it i just been in love ever since and it definitely comes out in your music i can definitely tell the influences and the inspiration that you had because i have the same influences and i find that kind of challenging now especially if i'm trying to make christian or or holy hip-hop music sometimes i'll put on a beat and i'll get inspired by the beat and my lyrics will just turn ratchet real quick so and i know that you've had like a that hip-hop background and now you're doing christian rap so let me ask you my first question for you listen to you now being in two genres of music both the hip-hop genre and the christian rap genre are you active in both or have you made a complete transition to christian rap I would say I'm just, I'm active in both, you know, um, the transition is still happening, but that love for hip hop that we kind of just talked about, that's, that's always going to be there. And I'm always going to, I wouldn't say necessarily ratchet, you know, but some, some lyrics that are not, not Christian at times, you know, are going to come out, but you know, the transition's happening. I really want to focus on making that positive God focused, Christ focused music to, you know, I know we really need it during this time with everything going on with the pandemic and, you know, just a lot of stuff going on. I feel like the spirit is really getting stronger. And so that's that's really inspired me to transition more to that to the Christian side of the music. But, you know, that raw hip hop beats and rhymes is always going to be there, too. Never going to stop that. Shout out to Vivid Scientific. He's the MC that I work with on a lot of my music. And so if you if you're looking for beats and rhymes that are just raw and, you know, I wouldn't say ratchet, but sometimes he can get a little a little raw, uh, raw yeah, with it. Totally, yeah, exactly. But you know, shout out to him because we when we get together, it's always just beats and rhymes and um, you know lyricism. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Vivid Scientific and the Barbarians, and find them on on SoundCloud. Now, 
I have a question for you, particularly about being in both genres, because there are people in the in the Christian community that it stirs up a lot of controversy. Like, for example, it was a, a few years ago that Snoop Dogg actually had the number one Christian hip hop album, and Kanye now he's doing his thing in in gospel music, and he's still he's still very true to who he is in the in the lyrics. It's not all a hundred percent, you know. It, it's not like he's speaking hymns or anything like that, but there are some people who are a part of the, the church community in particular that are pretty critical about any artists that are in both genres. So what do you say to the critics who who criticize anyone who is not all the way speaking to him? What do you say to the critics? You know, I would say to critics that, you know, everyone has their opinion, but let he without sin cast the first stone because we, we all fall short and we're all going to like not be perfect. And so music is not perfect. Music is an art. It's, it's an expression. And so, you know, you shouldn't judge people based on their music because even though people may produce a certain type of music that may not be them, you should just always leave that judging up to God because, you know, that's, that's what his job is. And it's not for us to judge one another, but rather encourage one another. And so, you know, if you hear somebody that's trying to do Christian music or regular music, encourage them or give them honest feedback at the end of the day. You know, leave the judgment to the side, but feedback is always necessary. And as an artist, we're always welcome to feedback. So I would say to the critic, kind of shift it to more of a feedback focus, you know, and, you know, I wasn't really rocking with that song. I like it when you said that because being too critical of a person at the end of the day, like, it's just not productive for either side. I agree with you. Now, what do you do if you got a real rap beef brewing in Christian rap? Because I'm going to lie, I heard a song just yesterday. Somebody put out like a like a diss track about me talking about, come on, sis, you know, you ain't Christian rap. Come on. You know, I was like, whoa, hold on now. They're coming at me like, wait a second. You know, is it proper to come back with a track? Like, what would your response be? If someone had, like, a legit, like, beef song, Christian rap battle, like, what would be your response? Like, how nutritious are you going to keep it? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I I don't know, because I always think about, like, if we're being Christ-like, then what would Jesus do, right? Because that's what we got to look to. And he's, Jesus What would Jesus do in a rap right, battle? Right, right. Well, he would turn the other cheek and pray for his enemies, right? He's not going to engage in a back and forth uh, <laughs> with with someone, you know? He's going to stay focused on the mission, and that's what I would say for you or anybody that's getting this. That's just a sidetrack <laughs> and a distraction, you know? At the end of the day, you got to stay focused on the mission and just pray pray for them cats, you know, that's, that's out there dissing you. Like, my brother, my sister, I pray for you, and I hope that, you know, peace comes to you because I'm going to keep it moving. You know, I would say don't get that in the back and forth. But, you know, that's up to you, to each his own. I know 50 Cent got started with Battle Rap, and so some people like that and they like the drama. But as far as the Christian base, like, Christ is not with the drama, you know, and the back and the forth and uh, retaliation and all that. So, And I came up in battling, so I respect a good MC battle, but, you know, a respectable MC battle, you know what I'm saying? But nothing disrespectful or, you know, too out of the box yeah and, and so christian rap just overall may not be the place for rap beef exactly that's it okay okay i got it what would jesus do jesus would not pick up the mic okay. oh no he would okay. pick up a mic and preach the gospel he would, okay. you know oh. what i mean yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that part, that part. See, I'm so glad I'm talking to you today. Oh, my goodness. Now, I have another question for you now about 
once again, being in both genres, what do you think that means for your old fans who remember when you would give it to them raw, gully, gutter, and then also now you've got new songs, new mixtape with Christian rap. What does that mean for your new fans who are just now hearing about you, thinking that you're just a Christian rapper? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. The old fans and the new fans alike, I think whether you are a new fan that was listening um, to what I'm doing now and what I was doing, you would see a transition. And I think for the old fans, they're seeing a transition too. Like, okay, my man used to rap about this and being in the club and being in the streets or whatever, and now he's rapping about, you know, uh, praising the Lord and doing positive things for the community. So you just see a transition and the evolution of me as a person. I think that's what music should represent is the evolution of the person that should be reflected in your art at the end of the day. And I think that's what fans would see, right? The evolution and the maturity from a young man to a more mature man. That's good. And it's so interesting, though, too, because sometimes people, fans specifically of rap, sometimes are upset at the evolution because they feel like they can't relate to you anymore. You know, this is something that was big that happened with Jay-Z in particular. You know, everyone was like, oh, I miss the old Jay. And, you know, but that's back when he was talking about dealing drugs and all that, being on the block, and people are like, oh, I can't relate to him now. But he's talking about, you know, sitting in the villa up and you know sipping vino and all that it's like what do you mean you can't relate to you can't relate to sitting on a villa drinking wine but you can relate to being on the block like dealing crack like come on like seriously some some fans are are pretty fickle so i mean what would you say to someone who's new in in their artistry someone who's a brand new artist they have their fans but their fans are the ones who are like oh we can't relate to you anymore we don't essentially we don't like your evolution yeah, I mean, do you hold on to your fans, or do you like do you have to let them just fall by the wayside? I think that's a good question. If your fans rock with you, they're gonna rock with you, and you know they can still listen to your old music that they can relate to. So I think for the artist is stay true to yourself and keep making the music that you want to make. Right, you got to do this for yourself and if you're trying to to do something to please the fans, as far as art, it's not gonna be authentic. You know. I don't think it's going to be organic at the end of the day. And so you can lose yourself in that you hear artists talk about that. Like, oh, I spent all my time trying to make a club record or this record or this and that. It's like, and the artists that are more successful are artists that are like a Kendrick Lamar or somebody, J. Cole, that's like, I'm just making music for, for me, right? My fans are going to, and there's always new fans. You want to gain new fans. And if your old fans are not growing with you, you know, that's on them. Sometimes you got to leave folks behind as you progress forward. Well, that's a good point, because sometimes, especially as new artists, we're going after too small of an audience, and the idea is to go global. I mean, and exactly, that's what that's what God's great commission is. Like, he wants us to go out, and, you know, God wants his name to be known, not only just where you are, to love your neighbor, but to go out and spread the gospel from the yes. uttermost parts, the outermost parts of the earth. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to get deep real quick and ask you to do a lyrical breakdown. So I was on SoundCloud listening to your song, Need It. And in that song, you said that God gives us battles for a reason. And I want to ask you to break that down real quick because it's so important because there are some people that are Christian and both non-Christian or some, some who are, they have a belief in God, but they're mad at God because of their battles. And they're saying, well, if God loves me, then why would he put me through this? Why am I going through this? So so speak on your lyrics. Like, what is the reason God gives us battles? 
you know, at the end of the day, I think the battles come to strengthen us, to make us stronger, to test us. No, none of the weapons that formed against us will prosper, but there will be weapons, there will be obstacles, there will be adversity. If you've ever read through the Bible, you know, many of the stories contain adversity, the struggles, but also on the other side, they most many of the stories contain the glory of God and the victory that comes along with that. So I think at the end of the day, it's to make you stronger, to grow you, and to make, you know, because we all have our weaknesses. And until we can really turn those weaknesses into strengths, we're going to be tested again and again. And so I think that the battles come in this life a lot of times because we don't follow God as well and we don't listen. And a lot of us as humans are in the flesh and we're stubborn. You know, so at the end of the day, it's a lot of it's on us. Life is what it is, and God is always in control. And so when the battles come, it's trying to strengthen you. It's trying to tell you something. And so you can be a better person at the end of the day. That's good. Because sometimes we are going to come across these integrity challenges. And, you know, it really is up to us to make the right decision to not bring upon extra turmoil on our own lives because of our own decisions. And there are some things that are beyond our control and those things, we have to put it in God's hands and remember to give him the victory at the end of it all. Amen. Now, you also had a lyric in that same song, Needed, where you said, uh, don't let fear hold you back. And oftentimes, that is the case for anyone, not only in music, but anyone who wants to accomplish a goal. It's, the, it's a fear of failure. And sometimes that'll keep us from even getting started. Or sometimes we might even have people who are closest to us, our, our friends, our family, who are saying that we can't do it. And they're the ones who are essentially making us believe that, oh, maybe I shouldn't even try. Maybe I can't do it. Oh, maybe they're right. I'm not going to be able to do it. And a lot of times it is just because of the fear. So how do you prevent fear from holding you back? Wow, yeah, that's a good question. I realize that in life there's two two forms that we're going to vibrate in that's going to impact our decisions we make, and that's either going to be based on fear or love, right? There's just two ends of the spectrum. Everything we do in life is either originates out of fear or originates out of love. And you know, at the end of the day, what does God say about that, right? You look at Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so at the end of the day, you have to know what God's word says and what he promises. And when we're walking with God, we, we should have no fear, right? As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. So at the end of the day, do not let it hold you back. Fear is a thing only if you let it be, right? It's something you can control, the anxiety, the fear, the worry. It is something you can control. But at the, like we just talked about, you have to lean on God and know that he already has the victory. And so when you know that and that's in your mind, then there's no reason to, to believe in fear or live in fear. You know that God is with you. He has the victory. You know, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. There's nothing to be scared of at the end of the day. So don't let fear ever hold you back from doing anything, from taking chances, from taking risks, from speaking up. We're doing what you need to do because if, if it's not fear, it's love. And love is what? know what God is and what we need more of amen and that was so good I mean I remember when we were talking earlier you were talking about how sometimes this means to overcome fear you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because when you're reaching for something that's brand new to you it might be a little bit unfamiliar and it will be a little bit uncomfortable but that's how we reach higher heights 
And that's how we can ultimately reach our destiny and accomplish something new. I mean, if we're doing something that we've never done before, we have to go to places we've never been, talk to people that we've never talked to before, walk into those new doors, make those new connections. And it will be a little bit uncomfortable at times, but this is just an ongoing thing. I mean, it's just like spiritual transformation. It's just going to be something that's ongoing. Yeah. It's a lifelong process. Indeed, yeah, you gotta better get used to it. Okay, now I have another lyrical breakdown that I want you to talk about. Now you have another song that's called "Born for a Time Like This," and in it you said, "Don't be laboring in vain, and don't be jealous of your neighbor." So I know that you have something so good to say, it's so deep. Like, okay, let's do a breakdown of "Don't be laboring in vain." What did you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, when I say that, we have only but a short time on this earth. And so it's important that we're not wasting our time, our energy, our thoughts on things that are not important and of significance, right? Just like we talked about with fear, it's try to get away from that fear, that anxiety, the worry, and just walk and act and talk in the spirit of love and the sound mind. And you're going to keep moving forward. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep building. And you can never stop, right? And you, we're always going to be working, right? That's something that God tells us. Like, we're working, and we need to be working to build up God's kingdom. Because if we're not doing that, it's all vain. It's all vanity. And it's all a waste of time at the end of the day. Because God put us here to build his kingdom. Like, you, we just talked about to further his kingdom to the ends of the earth. And to spread his message of love and grace and positivity so anything else is just a waste of time it's easy to get sucked into doing things that are are wasting your time and trust me that's something i'm even still working on today like we just talked about is still a process but the more you can focus your energy on building up god's kingdom bringing glory to god because that's our main responsibility at the end of the day is to glorify god and his name and his word above everything else whether that's through your music or through your family through your church, through whatever avenue. It should be in all avenues and as many avenues as possible, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to waste your time. We have but a short time here on earth. And, you know, I've been reminded of that because I had a near-death experience about, like, a little over 10 years ago when I was hit by a car or a truck. And, you know, I was in the hospital and needed some surgery to save my life. And, you know, at that time, I realized a lot of the stuff I, I was doing wasn't productive. It wasn't building the kingdom, wasn't furthering the kingdom. And I was laboring in vain and wasting my time. And so, you know, you never know how much time you have left. So make sure you live in the moment and make the most out of today. That's what I would say. Live in the moment, make the most out of today and yeah, do it for the Lord. Do it for his kingdom. You learned that lesson the hard way after being in that accident. I didn't even know about that. And I'm sorry that you experienced that. So what was that like? I know you had to hold on to some kind of faith and tap into your faith in those moments. So what was that like? Like, tell us about how important it was to have a relationship with God in that, in that moment. Oh man, it was everything, right? Like, um, it's just everything. You have to lean on God through the good and the bad and never, like we just talked about again, I'm like bring it up, like he will never leave you or forsake you. So even in the worst of times when I was in the hospital, it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me at the time. I was couldn't walk, couldn't talk, was lying in the bed for weeks. And thankfully that God was there to put the surgeons in place and have my body be healthy enough to, to survive that because the doctors had told me many of the folks don't survive 
what I did survive. So I know God was with me, giving those strengths. And, I, and to answer your question, it was everything. My relationship with, with God was everything to know that when I die, which is eventually going to come, whether it's that day 10 years ago or 10 years from now, the day that I die, I know that God is in control. And I know there's nothing, you know, that I can do about it at that point. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it just reminded me that every day is a blessing. That's what it really, really, really reminded me of. You know, every single day is a blessing. Every breath you take is a blessing. And to never take it for granted because um, life is a gift, right? And so live in the present. Life is a gift. Live in the present, if I could summarize it. Absolutely. Wow. So on that note, I think it's a perfect time to take a quick break and listen to some music. So I know you brought a song for us off the mixtape. Tell us what you got. Yes, I bought a new mixtape, Barbarians vs. Everyone. The song is called Jesus Is Why. I'm afraid and I'm shy. This is uh, your rope. Priest's rope. Yes, it's all I have. Good. That's all you'll ever need. Pardon the interruption, I'm starting this introduction. The definition of Torah is teaching and instruction. God is building a kingdom. We're part of the construction. I knew all my life I'd be part of a bigger something. The fear is in me, now it's spirits in me. I will always get by like most Evan Kweli. When you know the history, then it's not a mystery. Read the Old Testament and Leviticus 23. The enemy thought that we'd be scattered forever. The nation of Israel is about to gather together. This is a holy convocation. The devil is a liar. The Messiah is going to throw him in an everlasting fire. It was written. This is deep. You should know about the topic. They spoke about Yeshua throughout Moses and the prophets. I would never stop believing for whatever it's worth. Kingdom come, you will be done on heaven and earth. These wolves and sheep's clothing, I spot them like a leopard. I used to be lost. Now the Lord is my shepherd. He is righteous. He is holy, faithful to his people. Repent with all your heart and he'll forgive you of your evil. This morning, I rose up, got to thank God that I jumped up, feeling my highs and my lows and my soul and my goals just to stop smoking and stop drinking and i've been thinking what is my reason jesus is why jesus is why jesus is why jesus is why Hey, yo, this ain't about material wealth and making a million. It's about taking care of your health, raising your children. We fast and we pray, living with dedication. We study in his word for wisdom and revelation. Never hesitate to be mentally painting pictures. Let it ruminate as we meditate on the scriptures. Nothing can separate us from the love of the Lord. He paid the price for his children we can never afford. This ain't about rituals. It ain't about a religion. It's about relationship, living life with a vision. We have free will. We got to make a decision. You have to choose wise, you got to take a position in the days in a rat race, caught in a maze. There's only one true living God we should praise. Man, who done taught us to love lies, hate truth, plant seeds that will grow up in the trees, make fruit. This morning, I woke up, got to thank God that I jumped up, feeling my highs and my lows and my soul and my goals just to stop smoking and stop drinking. And I've been thinking, what is my reason? Jesus is why. Jesus Jesus is why, Jesus is why, Jesus is why. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. 
He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That was Illiston CO. The song is called Jesus is Why. And it's off the mixtape Barbarians versus Everyone. Now, before we took that break, we were doing a lyrical breakdown. And that brings me to another question that I have. About your song, Born for a Time Like This, where you said, don't be jealous of your neighbor. I mean, I'd imagine going through a near-death experience, I mean, you don't have time for jealousy. You know, but I can only imagine how many people had seen your ascension, had seen, I believe, like when the praises go up, the blessings come down. You know, when you're building God's kingdom, you're going to get blessed and your neighbors are going to see you and everything that you're accomplishing in the midst of it all. Little do they know what you went through, but they're still jealous of your success. So how do you deal with jealousy? I mean, yeah, I don't. Like you just kind of talked about, I ain't, no, ain't nobody got time for that. So nobody it's like, <laughs> no time for that. Like if, if someone is, is jealous or if I feel like if I'm even being jealous, because we are human and those feelings come, you know, you just got to quickly like, what am, what what's going on here? What am I doing? Like, it's not even, should not even be in my mind or be a focus, right? So you just have to control your thoughts and, um, Focus on what's important, right? If someone's being jealous or making diss tracks or records about you or wasting their time worried about you, that means you're doing something right. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep focusing on you and focus on what you need to accomplish because everything else is a, is a sideshow and a distraction. I agree. And, you know, I remember um, Bishop Jones at the City of Refuge, oftentimes he would say, if you don't have haters, you're not that gifted. Yo, exactly, right? That means people are aware of you. They know you, and they want what you got, so keep going. Don't stop. Absolutely. Okay, so if you got haters, I mean, that means you're definitely doing something right, so just keep on pressing forward. Don't pay no attention to it. I like that. I like that. Okay, so I have another question for you. Now, this one is a little bit complex, but it's such a common question that a lot of people ask. And it's about discovering your purpose. How do we know what our purpose is? Yeah, I mean, that is a good question. That is a deep question. How do we know what our purpose is? We know that our purpose as human beings is to glorify God at the end of the day. So I think we need to understand what our universal purpose is and not get lost on this. Yes, we have our individual callings, and we are all in the body of Christ. We all play our different parts and positions. But at the end of the day, our parts and positions are to glorify God, give him thanks, honor for everything he's done, for everything he's going to do, uh, for sustaining us, for creating us, right? And just in anything we do, give glory to God. And I think, you know, also you got to get in prayer and you do have to get in the scripture so that you can understand what God wants for your life, right? Because if you're going off what you think is your purpose for your life, you you know you could get easily lost in the sauce so you need to focus on uh, what god's purpose is and you know you know that through prayer because we know that 
the main aspect of being a Christian is having a relationship with Christ. So at the end of the day, we want to make sure we're in prayer, that we're in the word, and let God guide what our purpose is, right? Because only he knows what our true calling and purpose is. And sometimes you have to just just let your feet do the walking and, and, and let God do the thinking. Sometimes let him take over and you just do the actions. Like, God, what do you want me? What do you need me to do? And submit yourself because that's another important thing. If you want to fall into God's purpose, right? I'm not talking about your purpose. Let's talk about what God's purpose is for your life. Then you need to be submissive. And that's not an easy thing to do as a human being, um, man or woman. It's not easy to be submissive. And so at the end of the day, that's what we need to be willing to do is sacrifice um, things that we may want for what God may want. So submit, sacrifice, and substitute. I think that's a good thing to remember if you're trying to find your purpose. Submit yourself to God. Got to be willing to make sacrifices. If that's going to include substituting some things you want to do for some things that God wants you to do. You know, and that reminds me of dying to our flesh, you know, our fleshly desires and the things that we want to have. Like you said, sometimes we do have to sacrifice some things in order to find our true purpose that God has for our life because it's not about us. I mean, no. I mean, we are just merely ambassadors for Christ and yes. we work for him, you know, and he wants to be known and he has things that he wants to pull out of us that, that is there. Oftentimes we find our purpose is something that we just uncover. It's, it's not something that we don't already have. It's something that God naturally already gave us. And when you discover your purpose, you're literally just, uncovering something that was always there and God wants you to use it and work that and not bury it. Yes, indeed. And also just being aware that your purpose is, could be always transforming and changing, right? Like my purpose 10 years ago may not be what my purpose is today. And so you got to be fluid in the situation and know that God is fluid. Don't be stagnant. Don't be stone hearted. You know, we got to be fluid, ready to move, ready to change, too, uh, because God may need you for something else tomorrow that he, you know, that you're not aware of. So just be ready and, um, you know, yeah, be ready and be available. Yeah, be ready. Stay ready. Yes. And also, we talked about this before. I remember you were saying also, like, you'll know by your fruits that if you're operating correctly within your purpose. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, you you definitely will be able to know by your fruits. Like, if you're bringing um, glory to the kingdom, right, you're going to have that peace, that joy, that happiness, that patience and long-suffering. And, you know, all the fruits of the Spirit that, that Jesus spoke about on the Mount of Olives. So you'll know. You know, your life will be in order. There won't be chaos in your life if, if you're walking in God's purpose. That That's why you'll know by your fruits. Like, is my life in chaos and shambles right now? Then... I'm not walking in my purpose, uh, and God is trying to tell me something. And so, yeah, you'll know, and you'll know by other people that are around you, and you you, you get the confirmations, right? God's going to talk to you, and He's going to communicate with you. So that's actually that's actually a good indication. Like, if someone around you, or just in your own life personally, if you see a whole lot of shenanigans going on, and this person is constantly in turmoil, stressed out, flipping out, then you already know that this person's life is out of order. It's time to put some things in line. Yep, yep. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty easy to see if you're looking for it. Yeah, you can see. But make sure that you're starting looking at your own life before you start talking about other folks' life. Like, you know, that's an important reminder for us because it is a process. It is always a process. So keep focus on what you need to focus on and uh, control what you can control. 
right? So if you got um, crazy fruit in your life, you you done planted a crazy seed someplace, yes. and it's just sprouting out. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So dig it up and get, put it in some good soil, some rich soil. Yes. Yeah. Start all over. Okay. And water that thing. For sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So. When we're discovering our purpose and we start out by praying to God, being in the scripture, how do you discern what God is telling you and what you are telling you? Because sometimes people will often get these mixed up. And this is a common one. I, I hear many people say, oh, you know, uh, God, God sent me to you. You know, you, you were supposed to be my spouse. You know, God told me that we're supposed yeah. to be together. You know what I mean? How do you discern, like, what is God really saying? And what, what are you making up on your own? Yeah, that's, that's a, I don't want to complicate that one. It is, it is tough to know, but I think at the end of the day, if you know that you need to have that relationship with God directly, you cannot listen to what other people are telling you at the end of the day. So have that relationship with God and you're in prayer before you make a decision, after you make a decision to know and also to know by the fruits, right, if it lines up with scripture. So you know that if God's talking to you and it's lining up with scripture, right, and I'm doing something that's in align with God's word, then that's a confirmation for me. If I'm doing something, it's like, Oh, this doesn't necessarily line up with God's word, then it's like, this is probably not, I'm not in a good position, right? So it could all lead to like, you, you mentioned the seeds, right? The seeds you plant and the decisions you make are going to impact your next decision, and your next decision and so forth and so on. And so sometimes you just got to put a pause on stuff and, and go back and just reevaluate and look at your life from a different angle and make sure that it's lining up with the scripture and with the word and that your fruits are lining up and you know, you can you can listen to people, but at the end of the day, make sure you're listening to God first and, and His voice, His word, through prayer and, and time with the Lord, because it is easy to be confused. Even in Scripture, you see examples of of folks that God is telling them one thing, and then a person telling them something else, and then they listen to the person and not to God, and then they find themselves in a whole heap of trouble. You know, at the end of the day, so it's like, you know, make sure that first and foremost you're in union with the Lord on your decision making and you cannot go wrong. And if it lines up with scripture, you know, you're doing something right. If it's out of whack with all that, then, you know, it's not from God. I think it's good too, to have a regular study. Like it can't just be like a one-time thing. And just like you said, it's easy to be deceived. And sometimes people can be subtle. I mean, just like the serpent was just very suggestive how he deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. Didn't necessarily tell her exactly what to do, but he kind of made her draw her own conclusions on, hey, this is, okay, this is going to be good to eat from this fruit of the tree. Sometimes people in our lives will give us advice and either it's subtle and they know exactly what they're doing, they're trying to get us to fall, but sometimes they might be very well-meaning individuals in our lives who are giving us this advice, but it's, it is directly going against the scripture is going against our beliefs and what we know to be is right. And so it can be easy to be deceived. So I think it is important. Just like, I feel like sometimes if we have like one good word, there might be like five other people that's going to say something against it and try to turn us away almost as soon as we get it too. You know, and I, I mean, I, I feel like I just got to say it's nothing but the enemy that's that's causing us to do that. But I think that's why it's so important for us to get that fresh word and continue to stay in the Bible. 
Yes, that's very important. I'm glad you said that. You have to stay engaged with the word. And, you know, if you fall, it's kind of like speaking a language. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I, I used to speak Spanish, not fluently, but semi-fluently. And then I stopped for a long period of time. And it's like, okay, I forgot a lot of the Spanish. I don't even know this language anymore. And I think the Bible is another example of that. You have to stay fresh on it. You've got to be in it consistently because if you don't, then, you know, you might fall off, right? And not, your, your life is going to reflect that. And so staying in the word is very important because that's how we hear from God. That's one of the main ways that we hear from God is from his word. So yes, stay in it and stay consistent and get you a good group of folks to study with. We have a group, it's called Kingdom Culture on Facebook. We have a Godcast as well called Kingdom Culture Godcast. So if you're looking for a study group, you know, I'll be posting that in there. And if, if you're looking for a place to study. So, yeah, make sure you, you stay in a, in a study consistently. And we have a lot of avenues to do that nowadays. You can literally log on to Zoom calls from your phone or onto YouTube. And there's no excuses for not getting the word. Claro que sí. I agree with you, of course. Of course. And um, hopefully you brush up on that Spanish, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get back into it because you know yeah. what the, you know the first the first time I ever went on a prayer walk I was in seminary school walking around the streets of Inglewood and I was basically tasked with going out in the streets starting at six o'clock in the morning and just talking to people offering salvation and I had tracks to read and if anybody isn't familiar with this, it's basically like a little notebook that's got scriptures on it. And it's got step-by-step instructions on how you can offer someone salvation. And I happened to have one in English and in Spanish. So I had already taken several semesters of Spanish classes. And I was practicing the Spanish tracks with some of my friends. Like, okay, in case I come across a Spanish speaker, I want to be able to talk to them. So help me practice. God bless his heart. Shout out to Alex Vega. He went over the whole entire... Spanish track with me and I was able to offer him salvation just by practicing the Spanish track so I was prepared when I went out on the street so sure enough the first three people that I come across six in the morning in um, Inglewood California were straight Spanish speakers and I was able to talk to them and they were so patient with me I really appreciate that and I was off I was able to pray with them and offer salvation and it really was awesome so it's like you just never know how God is going to use us even through various languages oh yeah able to connect with people that's an amazing story yeah praise the lord on that yeah that's are you still speaking it are you still doing that or uh, do you got it do you still memorize it yeah it's conversational i can speak i can have a conversation for sure that's not good. fluent not fluently but i can actually write better I yes can actually yeah read and write spanish very well as a matter of fact so it's definitely a good skill. And I was also learning the Hebrew, too, just so I can understand Ooh, more yeah. about the Old Testament. That's a key. Learning the Hebrew is a key. Yes. Yes. That is because, you know there's, because, you know, there's so many translations of the Bible. And I was thinking, well, how silly is it for me to go through all these different translations when it's all translated from the Hebrew? So let me just learn the Hebrew so I can see what it said in its original written language. And then, of course, then the New Testament is in the Greek. Yes, that does make a difference, too. Understanding the, the Hebrew um, language brings a lot of context to the scripture. Yes, it does. And also minimizes some confusion, too. Oh, yes. Yep, for sure. It's a powerful language. It's a beautiful language, too. I, I want to, to learn more as well. 
it's so good to just be able to to fill ourselves up with knowledge. I mean, we've never obtained perfection. There's always going to be something more to learn. I mean, even the most studious Bible scholar can can gain some new knowledge and a fresh word and maybe even uh, read the scripture and it, it might hit you different, just in a different yep. way, in a, in a new way than, than it never has before. So it's important to just continue to stay in that word and, and study on a regular basis and, of course, drown out those noises of the naysayers and the people who you think might be giving you some good advice they might really be heading you on the path of destruction. Either they know it or they don't even know it. They're steering you in the wrong direction. So it's so important to just keep yourself filled up and strong with that armor, that armor of the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Okay. So I have another question for you now. I want to know where do you get inspiration to keep going when you haven't had your big break yet and this is something that's so important for artists who aren't necessarily aspiring but they still kind of are because it's like they hadn't had that recognition they hadn't won those awards yet or got the chart placements and these things are so important for artists in the industry to have this symbolic success so say if you're an artist who's been doing your thing for so many years where do you get inspired to to keep going Thing, it comes in many different forms, right? Some people get inspiration from their their kids, some people from life events, some from God, you know, just um, different avenues. For me personally, I, I stay inspired just because music is something that I love and love to do, and it gives me an outlet to be creative and artistic. And so for me, that's where my inspiration comes. And, you know, able to glorify God through lyrics is an amazing thing for me because it's like, okay, I've developed a a skill in writing lyrics and reciting lyrics like how can I glorify God because he's such he is the main part of my life and the reason why I'm here and like he gave me a voice so let me use my voice to glorify God so for me personally it's like I'm not doing it for the fans or the recognition or the awards it's like I'm doing it for the Lord I'm doing it for myself because it's something I love and I think you got to find your motivation but make sure that your intrinsic motivation is is coming from from a real place, right? You're not doing it for the the awards or the fans and all that because at the end of the day, like, I feel like that's going to make you lose motivation more. If it's just like an internal thing, like, you're never going to run out of fire, right? If that fire, especially when that fire comes from the Lord because the Lord's fire is eternally burning and so it's like his spirit is always there and the word even inspired is means like in spirit, right? Like in the spirit, in the breath, in the moment. So, just stay focused on that, and um, I think it comes down to perception, too. Look for the beauty in life and look for things to inspire you, and you're going to find them. Wow, that, that's really good to, to keep that inspiration and also to be able to operate in your gifts. You know, I just remember that parable of the talents where, you know, God gave several individuals a different amount of talent. He gave one one talent, and he buried it. And he gave another two talents. He was able to multiply it. He gave another even more. He was able to multiply it even more. So I think it's it's important to continue to operate in our gift, continue to stay inspired, continue, if you're an artist, just continue to write, continue to record. And I mean, you're going to flourish and you're going to be blessed, especially if you're doing it, like you said, from like a good, genuine place. And you really want to be on fire for the Lord and 
that's where your inspiration is coming from, I think it's so important not to bury it. Discourage, right? Because, I mean, and a, a lot of us have done that. So it's like, now's the time, folks. Like, step out into your gift and step out into your talents. And like we talked about, don't let the fear hold you back because now is the time. So just go out there and do it because we all are going to have that one-on-one, you know, with <laughs> with the Lord. And so... Uh, make sure that we're 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 not wasting the the time or the talents. I agree. Now we talked about this a little bit before about being ready, and you know somebody once told me if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Yes, I think it was sugar free. <laughs> <laughs> if you stay ready. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So on that note, what is the first step that an artist needs to make? in order to be a part of the music industry like don't wait until you know people are ready to work with you and you're like oh hold on now you're scrambling trying to get yourself together so i want aspiring artists and even artists who've been in the game for a long time who might not even know exactly how to keep their business in order like what's the first step an artist needs to take in order to be in the music industry yeah you know you want to just make sure you get your your paperwork right at the end of the day if you're you're trying to take this seriously and make a business out of it and you know at the end of the day capitalize it on it one way or the other you need to make sure you got your paperwork right got your llc filed with the secretary of state you know make sure you get your ein number and all your taxes set up you know and um you know get your bank account and make sure you just take the preliminary steps to get that started and then um, on the publishing side, you know, Ali Don, I know she can hook you up with some publishing advice or services if you need that because you want to make sure you're right there and um, study up on, on the music game if you're serious about it and, and want to get into it because we also need more people on the executive side too. You might start out as an artist and realize, man, I could help folks, you know, on the other side of this, on the administrative side and the on that side, kind of like what you're doing right now. So we just need more knowledge of, of that back end of the game on that paperwork and the publishing, you know, make sure you got that straight before, before you really hop in. That's really important. I mean, shout out to the godcollection.com. This is where you can contact me if you need additional information. Now I'm a music executive and that's because I have my own music publishing company. I took music business classes, regular business classes, also took music law classes, which is the reason why I know this information. So if you just don't have the time or the money to enroll in the college and learn all this information, you can definitely contact me, make an appointment with me, and I can get you hooked up with all the information, basically a, a shorter version of it. So I went to college and got a master's degree in psychology, and I'm utilizing my degree to do research about how an artist can become successful in the music industry. And, you know, I took a bunch of classes, wrote a ton of papers, so you don't have to. So you could just have a couple of conversations with me and you'll be good to go. Now, it's so important because oftentimes, like, for example, I've been to a music seminar and you can tell there's so many people in the audience who they've got the talent. They've been writing for years. They can sing. They can rap. They can play instruments, but they just are unfamiliar with not only the music business, but also technology too and there might be individuals on the panel that'll tell you what you need to do but they won't necessarily tell you how to do it right you know like for example i think it's important for for artists to know how important it is to get involved with technology and know that cds are out like there's people there are people who will hand you your cd and that is a challenge in itself because if you have a new car they're not making those newer cars with cd players anymore 
um, right. depending on the model. Same with the laptops. Depending on the model of laptop you have, there's no CD player there either. And there's a lot of people who they don't even have DVD players anymore. So it's like if you're if you're an artist who think you're gonna hand somebody their CD, it's literally a challenge for that person you handed that CD to to play it. They they literally don't have any kind of device where they can play your music. Oh yeah, so CDs is gone. They're like dinosaurs. Like <laughs> CDs is gone. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, now there are some shops. Like shout out to Amoeba. I would shop there a lot in LA just to go like you know people who uh, spin records. They would go crate digging for records. I would go digging for CDs. And I still have like a huge CD collection. But if you're an artist nowadays, if you hand somebody a CD, say, "Hey, here's my music. I want you to play and support me. Okay, Five dollars. Can can you?" get the cds like they're not gonna have nowhere to play yeah so it's important to to go digital uh, get your music in, in a position where it's uh, mp3 where you can send a, a link to someone like whether your music is on soundcloud you want to be able to get on the streaming services all that information is available for you uh if you just if you just look for it if you if you seek you shall find that information you know and i remember a long time ago you know god gave me this word i was fasting and praying about business and God gave me a word, don't do online business. And I was like, you know, wow, God, you know, the first time I hear your voice, this is what you're telling me. Mm. <laughs> don't do online business. So I'm like, okay. So I am very mindful of what I choose to do online. So if, if you're someone like me and you try to avoid doing online business, then make sure you get a, a thumb drive where you can put your music. And when you never know who you're going to meet. But you're going to run into, especially if you're going to a music conference or a seminar, a place where you know artists are going to be, individuals who can really open doors for you and change the game for you, make sure you have a thumb drive, a zip drive that you can take with you, put your music on it, and hand it out to the individuals who are there. That's how they can play your music. So you want to go to your local Best Buy or you know electronic store, Amazon, get yourself a, a memory card, a thumb drive that you can hand to people. That's, that's really the new wave of what you want to do. To, to hand out your music to people. Yeah, you gotta be digital. Gotta be in that uh, digital with it. You gotta go digital. Okay, so here's another important thing that I think artists need to know, like the evils. You know, Jay-Z talked about a little bit, the evils of the music industry. I remember we were talking before and you were saying that the, there's a lot of Satanism in the music industry. Now, that could be very discouraging, especially for a Christian artist. What can you say to someone who is a brand new artist, a babe in Christ in the music industry? Like, what can you say to them to be prepared for the evils that are in the music business? Yeah, I don't know if there's any way to prepare for it, but I think you just need to be aware, right? You need to be aware of what the record industry is and how they operate and how they got started. And how they've tried to control artists and control the narrative and all that for years. But the thing now is like we, we just talked about, we live in the digital era where the control is not in the hands of the few. It still is, but it, we have more opportunities now with, with online, with the Internet to actually be independent. And you can still sell a lot of records, grow your fan base, be successful in this industry. Um, without having to be part of the industry. And I think about the example of uh, we are in this world, but we are not of this world as Christians. Same thing in the music industry, right? You're in the music industry, but you're not of the music industry. They don't make you. They don't break you. They don't control you. You you control the narrative, and you just 
keep pushing forward in positivity, right? Because Satanism is not only in the music industry. It's in Hollywood. It's in the schools. It's in the prisons. It's in all the systems of this world because we know that this world is ran by the prince of darkness, right? And so God is still operating in this world and still building his kingdom. But we know for the most part, all the industries of this world involve spiritual darkness. And that's what we're battling against is those principalities, those powers in high places. Um, And there's a lot of wickedness in the world, but you can still flourish. You can still be successful. Just be aware of it and know, right? Like when you do your paperwork or sign your contracts or whatever you're doing, just be aware of, of who you're working with and how you're operating in that realm to make sure that um, you don't get sucked into it because a lot of artists have sold their souls or sacrificed their souls for a few dollars. And um, you hear of people getting, you know, taken out in the music industry and all that stuff. So, you know, it's one of those things that it's just another system of the world. It's the world we live in. It's, you know, we, we got to learn how to navigate, maneuver and operate in a, in a higher hemisphere because the, the kingdom of God operates above this world. Right. And so, um, just don't get brought down to, to that level. Know, know what it is. Right? We see all the satanic symbolism, and you can YouTube all that. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it's all over the place with you know, a lot of the major artists and major record labels. But uh, you know, just, know that, just know what it is. Know what you're getting yourself into. That's what you need to do at the end of the day is be aware. Yeah, be aware and elevate above it all. And I think that's why it's also so important to claim your independence in the music industry by having your your own publishing working with people who you know and you can trust and if you feel like you can't trust them do it yourself i mean that's exactly what what put me in the position myself i got the knowledge myself um, went to the appropriate schools did all the reading so read your contracts read the information that's in front of you before you sign it i mean you don't have to be blindsided by the things that are happening to you. I mean, sometimes someone might wave some money in your face and, you know, offer you all these great things, the glitz and glamour, and, you know, the, you got to sign your life on that dotted line, and it was there in black and white, and, you know, we just have to read it. The information is right there available to us, so get informed and get knowledgeable. Yes, that knowledge is power all the way knowledge around. power, for sure. Okay, well, Illiston CEO, I want to thank you so much. I think this is a dope conversation, and I'm just glad that you were able to share some of your wisdom and your experience in the music business. So tell us, where can we find you? I know you talked about the Godcast. Tell us what else you have going on. No, I've got an a Instagram. I'm not very active on there, but it's um, a higher purpose is my Instagram handle. And um, on SoundCloud, you can find me at soundcloud.com backslash illist, I-L-L-E-S-T-I-N-C-O. Definitely have some music on there. And then also on soundcloud.com backslash the barbarians. That is the group with uh, myself, Vivid Scientific. And yeah, and um, our DJ, DJ Mechanics, shout out to him. Um, Shout out to, to Q. Uh, makes a lot of our beats. So, you know, we got a little team, and we, we stay making music. So, you know, follow follow us, follow me, and um, tap in. Thank you is, is what I really wanted to say. I, I thank you for the opportunity, just how we started. And thank you for doing this, because it is such a, a needed niche in our community of people that are focused on discussing the Lord, discussing the Word, and giving folks a platform to be able to do this. So, you know, thank you to you. Uh, for, for opening this avenue for the people.